0: Hello, my Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show. It's called The Ezra Levan Show because I'm Ezra Levan and it's a show. Uh, today we talk about, um, well, I, it's, it's sort of internal business at The Rebel, but I, I think it's actually newsworthy, and I, I hope you agree. I mean, I hate it when journalists are, are self-indulgent and just talk about themselves, but three of our reporters have been punched in the last three weeks. David Menzies, Ephraim Monsanto, and... Just this week, Kian Bextie. And that just ain't right. And when Sheila Gunn-Reed was punched a couple years ago in Alberta by some male feminist, we hunted him down until we got justice. And when I say hunt him down, I don't mean vigilante style. I mean lawyer style. And so today, I hope you listen to this podcast, But I, because I will describe what happened to Kean and Efron and David. I will show you the results of our Dion Beavs lawsuit in Alberta, and I will show you the filed new lawsuit that we had in court today against the Radisson, and I'll tell you about what we're up to. There's a lot to go on. If if you care about the rebel, if you care about conservatives in Canada, if you care about stopping people punching conservatives, I invite you to listen on. But by gosh, you you, you got to subscribe to watch it, because you know, I'm showing you a video of these conflagrations. You're not going to get it if you're just listening audio. I mean, listen, enjoy the podcast. I know, I know, a lot of people do it while they're driving or, or stuff like that. But you got to hit the video, and you can do that by signing up for what we call our premium stuff. That's the official word, premium stuff. And it's only eight bucks a month to subscribe. Uh, you get my show, you get Sheila's show, you get David Menzies' show. Um, it's eight bucks a month, or sign up for a year, you get two months free. And for you podcast listeners, you can get ten percent off. Uh, by putting in the coupon code podcast when you go to therebel.media slash shows. Uh, and by the way, if you want to give us a five-star review, please do. Apparently that helps, so, you know, go ahead. So without uh, further to do, please enjoy this free audio-only version of my TV show. Tonight, three rebel journalists have been assaulted in three weeks. Enough is enough, we're fighting back and I need your help. Why should others go to jail why? when you're the biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i is because it. it's, it's my bloody right to do so. This week, our reporter, Kean Bexty was assaulted by a leftist activist while he was covering the United We Roll pro-pipeline convoy in Ottawa. Kean had done great work covering the convoy all across Canada. They were now at their final destination, Parliament Hill, at a rally that featured many members of Parliament. Not surprisingly, it being Ottawa and being outdoors, there were some professional protesters on hand, too. But it was Parliament Hill the most policed square mile in Canada, so everything should have been fine. Kean covered the official speeches by the United We Roll folks, but as we do at The Rebel, we like to cover what the critics say, often just because they're so inarticulate. It's sort of amazing. I always like interviewing protesters because they usually don't know why they're there, other than they were told to show up and hold this sign to collect their 50 bucks or whatever. So Kean was amongst the Antifa, just asking them their views, and he was talking to one guy the guy with the aviator glasses you'll see on on the left of your screen in a moment when some other thug sneaked up on him and just hit him take a look can you tell me can you tell me why you're here
1: hey get that guy get the police That guy just f- assaulted me. He just threw my phone on the ground and smacked my arm, and my phone's busted. F- out of here.
0: He just hit him. Now, obviously, it didn't deeply hurt Kean, but it's shocking and it damaged his phone. And more to the point, it's an assault because some leftist thug didn't like what Kian had to say or what Kean had to think or for whatever reason or for no reason. And instead of heckling Keehan or debating him or ignoring him, he punched him. And the cops, you saw, they just, they just did nothing. In fact, worse than nothing, Keehan told me the police, who were standing right there, feet away, said to him that if he wanted to make a complaint, he should call the police department. But, but they were right there, but they couldn't care less. Gee, I wonder where those leftist protesters get the idea that they can punch a reporter and get away with it. Now, if Keehan were a CBC reporter, if he were a liberal reporter, do you think the police would have ignored it? We don't know, because I have never seen a liberal reporter, reporter attacked in Canada before, Have you? and I don't want to see it. I'm just saying it, it, it never happens. But there's an urban prank these days. It's very obscene. But it's just an insult when some people see a reporter reporting live somewhere, some pranksters rush up to them and swear at them in the microphone and then run away. It's, it's obviously rude. It's a bit of an Internet fad all across North America. It's done by both men and women to both male and female reporters. Like I say, it's really just the shock of a live journalist being sworn at on TV. But it's not violence. And that's the worst thing I can think of that's happened to a liberal reporter in Canada. And by the way, police actually lay charges in those cases, charges, usually because the media company in question makes such a fuss about it, like the CBC. One guy actually lost his job with Ontario Hydro, not for doing that swearing prank, not for swearing himself, but for laughing when another guy did it. That's how thin-skinned liberal journalists are. Every year in Canada, someone is charged with this fake crime of swearing on camera. It's rude, but it is not an assault. Now, they usually let go, but journalists pretend it's this great free speech fight or something. So that's if you're a liberal. But if you're a conservative journalist, well, it's becoming a weekly thing. Kian was attacked this week. A couple of weeks ago, two other rebel journalists were attacked. Again, they weren't beaten to a pulp. I I don't think they were hurt. But so what? You can't just punch anyone. You can't punch a journalist. You can't punch anyone. I, I guess, unless it's a conservative journalist, I suppose, swear in the vicinity of a liberal reporter in that weird Internet prank, It's not even actually swearing at the reporter, it's swearing sexually on live TV, that's the obscene gag of it. Just swearing gets a big investigation and a criminal charge, but actually hitting a guy? If he's conservative, nothing. Here, take a look at what a manager of the Radisson Hotel Toronto East did to David Menzies and our cameraman, Efron, earlier this month. Property. Oh, okay, then would you like to come on camera? No, I would not. Uh, I would like you off, okay. off our property right now. I'd like you to stop taking my picture. Hey, hey, hey excuse me. Take the pic. Take hey, your hey, 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 hey. D- take your rebel crap, crap, crap news out of here right now. Why is it rebel crap news, sir? Get out off our oh, property. Of. I'll call the police. Good, and so you'll, you'll be, be charged with assault for what you just did. Sir, so you can't punch people. Our reporters were lawfully on that property. That Radisson manager then asked them to leave, and they were about to leave. Menzies even started to say he was going to leave, but before the manager even finished his sentence, he just punched David and Afrin and, and punched our camera gear. So that's three rebel journalists assaulted in three weeks. And, of course, it's not the first time. The worst, when some male feminist named Dion Buse hit our Sheila Gunn-Reed. Had a women's march, no less. Go, Go away. Can get out of my
1: Face. I will break your You don't have the right it? You just hit me know. In the face.
0: If Sheila were a liberal reporter for the CBC, not only would hate crimes charges have been filed against that thug. But Sheila herself would be the new feminist hero of Canada, a woman who was obviously attacked for her strong point of view by a man who was so insecure he couldn't deal with a woman who was smarter than him. Sheila would have won awards. She'd be offered a professor gig at a journalism school. She'd be a hero, but instead the CBC actually took the side of that thug in their news reports trying to humanize him and paint him as the victim. In the end, Dion Buse, that male feminist, was convicted, but because of a court error, he got off with just a slap on the wrist. So we sued him in civil court for more than a year, and we finally got justice in the form of this court ruling. Here, let me read to you from the judge who upheld our lawsuit against that male feminist Dion Buse. I'm quoting here. In a free and democratic society, people, including the media, should be able to attend public events and say what they wish without fear of having themselves or their property threatened or physically abused. The fundamental freedom of the media, as provided for in the Charter, guarantees that the media shall have the freedom to report and provide opinion with respect to such public events as the Women's March to seek to curtail the media's right to report and opine on the event, such as Buse did here, was unacceptable and his resort to physical violence against a member of the media qualifies as high-handed, malicious, arbitrary, or highly reprehensible misconduct that departs to a marked degree from ordinary standards of decent behavior. It is conduct that, by any reasonable standard, is deserving of full condemnation, and punishment. Let me read just one more line. Mr. Buse is entitled to his political views, and the plaintiff and the rebel are entitled to their political views. Mr. Buse, however, was not entitled to commit assault and battery because his political views differed from those of the plaintiff or the rebel. So we did that. Now it cost us more than $30,000 in legal fees. Buse had to pay Sheila just $3,500, and for the rest of his life, he'll be known as the cowardly male feminist who hits women. And I've bought the website, DionBuse.com that will forever point to that video until he actually apologizes to Sheila, which that little coward hasn't done yet. So DionBuse.com stays up. So back to Kean and David and Efren, our cameraman. I'm pleased to say that this morning we filed a new lawsuit In the Ontario Superior Court of Justice against the Radisson Toronto East Hotel and their manager, David Strong, on behalf of our employees, David and Efren, we're not suing for millions. We know that they weren't wounded for life. The money isn't even the point. We're suing for just $10,000 each, a total of $20,000. We'll pay far more than that in legal fees. We are suing to make the point. You can't hit people. Even if you disagree with them, you can't do that whether you're a person or a multi-billion dollar corporation like Radisson. We'll post that lawsuit online so you can read it. Why are we doing this? Why are we spending more on a lawsuit than we will ever win? Well, because the police haven't laid charges against that manager at the Radisson. David and Efren went to the police station and they filed a report with police. And the police said they'd send someone over to the Radisson. Yeah, they'll send someone by to, to caution that manager. Is that how it works now? So if you swear on TV in front of the liberal media, uh, the police will charge you with an actual crime. And in the case of, of that one guy, you'll actually be fired from your public service job if you just laugh at it. But punch two guys? Eh, the police might pop by and say, hey, cool it. Maybe, maybe switch to decaf. Yeah, no, 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 that's not enough. We're doing this for justice. We're doing this to teach the Radisson and its manager that they cannot do that with impunity. And we're doing it to send a message to the rest of the world, too. If you touch our people, we will sue you, even if it takes years like it did with the Buse, even if it costs us $30,000 like it did with the Buse. We will have justice for our people. And so this morning, we sued the Radisson and their manager. And today I am asking you, our viewers, to help me identify the Antifa thug who hit Kean in Ottawa. Now, I'm going to put this video on YouTube, this one I'm describing right now. I'm going to email this out widely so we can get as many people as possible helping us to find the thug. That's how we found Dion Buse. We didn't know his name. We posted the video online and offered a bounty. His friends turned him in almost immediately. Actually, one of his family members did too. So I am hereby offering a $500 reward for the first person who identifies that little thug who hit Kian. We'll keep your identity confidential if you give us the tip. Now, don't take the law into your own hands. No vigilantism, please. Just tell us who he is and we'll do the rest. We'll put him to the law as we did with Dion Buse. Here's... Here's what's amazing, and it shows how brazen this thug was. He he hit Kean. He sort of sneaked up on Kean. Kean was talking to someone looking to his left, and the thug came up to him and hit him on his right when Kean wasn't even looking. Talk about a coward, even, even more cowardly than Dion Bues actually. But this Ottawa thug who hit Kean when he was looking that way, he he realized that Kean didn't actually see him. So the thug came back and actually taunted Keen, but Keen didn't even know it was the same guy until later when we all sat down and went through the video footage frame by frame. Can you believe that? Here, take a look.
1: As you can see, this guy, he's been really obsessed with me, and uh, he's been putting this flag in front of my face. Um, We're filing a report with the police, uh, and I'm going to keep you guys posted as the day goes on.
0: That was the guy. Not just that, but we went through all our footage, and this same guy was, was giving a hassle to our David Menzies, who was there, too. He didn't hit Menzies, but he tried to block our cameras. Take a look.
1: So, yeah, they talk a mean game, but when it comes to walking the walk, not so much. They always love... This is... Here's a,
0: I also love this part where we tried to... We try to... Sir, would you like to... Sir, would you like to uh, say what you wanted to say to me or uh, just stick your sign in the camera?
2: I'm, I'm just going to stick my sign in
1: your camera, thanks. Okay, thank you. Yeah. you can't articulate your point? Not to you. Well, I guess I win the debate then. If you can't say why you're here, I guess you don't even
0: know why you're here then, sir. You can see there were cops everywhere there. This guy had hit Kean and he, he was fine. The cops didn't take him away. And, and he obviously knows and hates the rebel. He knew Keen. he knew David Menzies, uh, just like Dion Buse, the male feminist in Edmonton, just like that Radisson hotel manager who called us rebel crap news or whatever that means. This thug in Ottawa obviously recognized Keen and David and harassed both of them. And, and maybe heckling and harassing is fine. I mean, I don't care. We're not like the CBC. We're not going to run to have police arrest people for swearing at us like the CBC does. But then, but then to hit Keen, to hit him. And to sneak up on, not even to hit him, look him in the eye and hit him, but to sneak up on him. Yeah, no, we're going to court over that. So this is him. This is him, two slightly different perspectives. That's who hit Kean in Ottawa, cops five feet away. So he's probably from Ottawa. He seemed to be someone who protests a lot. That's just a sense I have. He seems to be political. He obviously knew who the rebel was and our personalities. My suspicion is that he's probably some public sector union thug who protests every day. And when he saw our rebel people, he wanted to do more than just protest. He wanted to punch a conservative. Not on my watch. No, no, no. So please help me do two things. Please look at this man. And if you know who he is, please send me an email to tips at the rebel.media. T-I-P-S at the rebel.media. We'll keep your identity confidential. If you are the first person to positively ID this man, I will pay you $500. But don't take the law into your own hands. We'll take it from there. We're putting this video I'm, I'm recording right now, we're putting the full video up at findthethug.com. Findthethug.com. So feel free to share this news that way. So that's the first thing. Help me findthethug.com. The second thing I need your help with is to pay for the lawyers. Like I say, if Sheila were a liberal, and if David and Ephraim and Kean were liberals... Not only would they not have been attacked, but if they were attacked, police would have taken care of everything. But they didn't charge the Radisson manager. And they were right there, and they didn't lift a finger in Ottawa. They said it was feet away from them. So we have to pay for our own justice. Like I said, the lawsuit for Sheila cost us more than $30,000, and she was only awarded $3,500. It obviously was not about the money, and neither is this. It's about defending our people, defending conservative journalists and conservative citizens and our right to stand in the public. It's, it's about standing up to bullies and leftist thugs and letting the world know that if you come for the rebel, we'll come for justice. And by the way, David, Efron, and Kean did not ask me to do this. They did not ask me to sue. I am choosing to do this because I am grateful to them for suffering an attack just for being a rebel journalist. I'm doing this for them because it is right. So go to findthethug.com. And while you're there, you can also read a copy of our lawsuit filed today against the Radisson and their manager. And I've also posted a copy of the court judgment against Dion Buse, which was a win for us, but a costly win at $30,000, actually $32,000. I'm going to need $500 to pay the bounty to identify this thug because the police don't plan to investigate and then I'm going to need at least 30 grand to sue him and 30 grand to sue the Radisson. I'm sorry that's just how much lawyers are for a whole trial. Do you think that's me being wasteful with our viewers money? Do you think that's a luxury? Do you think I should just spend that on staff or equipment instead? Do you think it's it's being wasteful? I don't. It's my way of saying to Kean and David and Ephraim that I value them and that I respect them. And I want to treat them in this circumstance how I would want to be treated if I myself were assaulted by a left-wing thug. I was furious with what happened to Sheila, but I, I think she knows that we had her back. That's my goal here today. $60,500. $500 for the bounty, $30,000 apiece to sue these thugs. If you can help me cover these legal bills, please do. As you know, we don't get a dime from the government like the CBC. We're not taking the $595 million bailout like the other media. It's just you. We're 100% viewer supported. I promise to keep you updated on this case, on both of them. This is part of the price of being a conservative in Canada. I'm sorry, it just is. But I think we have to pay that price. If you think so, too, and if you want to help us, please go to findthethug.com. Help us find that thug and help me get justice for Kian, David and Afrin. Thank you.
1: This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor, Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile. How can an individual who's been embraced by the city of Chicago turn around and slap everyone in this city in the face by making these false chart claims? Bogus police reports cause real harm. They do harm to every legitimate victim who's in need of support by police and, and investigators as well as the citizens of this city.
0: Well, I like the cut of that man's jib. That is, of course, the press conference by the Chicago police. I think it was absolutely essential that that press conference be chaired by an African-American man to speak so bluntly about a privileged black actor who thought racism was nothing other than a trick or a tool. Uh, The cop there says it was to promote his career. That's true. But it was also to promote his own anti-racism. Trump politics. It was a very specific claim by Jesse Smollett that it was Trump supporters wearing Trump hats and saying, This is MAGA country, make America great again country, as if anyone would say that in Chicago, a city that voted 83% for Hillary Clinton. Well, let me show you uh, the new fashion shoot that Jesse Smollett was in. Not quite as glamorous as his regular work. That's his mugshot. With the Chicago police, he's been charged with a felony. And joining us now to talk about this is our friend Pardes Saleh, a writer with Mediaite.com, whose latest Article is called 20th Century Fox Releases Statement on Smollett's Future on Empire. Hey, uh, Pardes, great to see you again. I, I, think I, a lot of, I, I think a lot of us knew this was a, a bogus story all along. But hearing that yeah. uh, senior police officer put it in those terms, it really, it, I mean, he, he gets right to it. I, I was impressed with that police yeah. statement.
2: He, he impressed everybody, uh, both on the right and the left. Everything he said was 100% true. And he said um, bogus police reports are causing, like, harm. Um, and he was 100% right about everything. Uh,
0: not just, and then he emphasized, of course, you're taking away real police resources that could go to actually stopping crime. Uh, I didn't play the whole clip, but it's also important to note that when you make up a uh, an enemy, when you confect a criminal, and in this case he described the criminals so clearly as white Trump supporters, you are not only putting someone at risk of being falsely accused, uh, maybe even falsely convicted, but you're demonizing anyone who matches that description in this case, white Trump supporters. It would be as if a Trump supporter said, I was attacked by a black man saying I like Obama. Well, now you've just cast aspersions on every black man. Let me show you a clip. Pardes, I'd like your thoughts on this. This is Jesse Smollett. When his story was starting to come undone on the Internet, when people were poking holes in it, um, but there was a, a grainy surveillance photo that purported to represent the people who had attacked him and listen to him say how much he hopes that they get arrested and put in prison. Take a look at
1: this. I was talking to a friend and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, sweetie, they're not going to find them. That just made me so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just going to be left here with with like, so they get to go free and go about their life and possibly attack someone else. And I'm here to left with, the, left with the aftermath of this pool, That's not cool to me. That's not okay. So I understand how difficult it will be to find them, but we gotta, I still want to believe with everything that has happened, that there's something called justice
0: he was willing to put in prison someone falsely i think that's incredible yeah he put himself in prison no as in he would have put someone else in prison i think if someone would have been arrested in fact i saw online that uh, he was shown the grainy footage of people walking and he said yeah that's them we so my point is he was willing to swear, he was willing to testify, he was willing to go to court to put someone in prison who obviously didn't do it, since he was the one who arranged this whole thing. I think that is the most diabolical part, that he would see his fiction all the way through to imprisoning someone falsely. That's insane.
2: Yeah, and there's all these people coming out with sympathy for him, like, oh, no. Uh, You know, he's, he's obviously crying for help. He's obviously uh, going through something. And it's like, well, he tried to get someone falsely accused of attacking him. Um, And and not only this case, but you know, the the police, I mean, I didn't even think, I thought this was the worst. Uh, It turns out this other letter, like a racist letter that was sent to his office, it was racist and homophobic. He made that letter too. Like he wrote, he wrote, that letter and sent it to himself so that he can use that and then that didn't work and that's why he did this bigger thing uh this bigger attack
0: You know, I've heard of people sending themselves flowers or chocolates on Valentine's Day to make them from their imaginary friend to make themselves feel less. So I would never do that. Never, never, never. But uh, but but that, you know, my imaginary girlfriend or whatever, that's a joke. But to send yourself imaginary hate mail. I mean, Jesse Smollett, he's a threefer in the politically correct Olympics. Like he's if it was poker, he'd have like a royal flush. He's gay. He's black. And he's actually Jewish. I don't even know how you combine those three things, but he did it. And and yet, you know how much money he makes an episode. I learned this today. He makes sixty-eight thousand dollars per episode. Sixty-five thousand, excuse me. That's as much as your average American makes in a year. So this guy is at the height of his profession. Like, what's that? One in a thousand actors. Like, are, are there? I mean, that is such a high level, and. His life is so easy, even as a gay black Jew, that he has to create problems so he can be, feel special. Or fi- like, What is wrong with a guy who can't accept the word yes? America has given him more love and privilege than 99.99999% of people, and yet he has to say, no, I'm being victimized here. What's going on in a man's head when he needs to create problems like this in a stunt like this?
2: Well, uh, he probably also knew that it would pick up in the media. He probably didn't expect that this would all go wrong. And, I mean, although he did a stupid job, he, he paid the actors with a check and left all this evidence, but uh, he probably didn't think it would go wrong, and he thought that the full media will accept this narrative because they've been this is a narrative that they've been pushing until now. And maybe he undermined that... Um, that the police will go through with everything and that there will be holes and that there are going to be some people who won't buy the narrative. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, and it was absolutely completely accepted, uh, amongst, for example, I mean, half a dozen senior Democrats tweeted their support, including presidential candidates like Kamala Harris. Um, I I want to show, sorry, go ahead.
2: Even the president believed it. I mean, he, he said, you know, it's absolutely horrible. And, uh, you know, he, he believed it. He probably, he believed that something happened.
0: Hmm. It's incredible. I want to show you, because it's just so funny, um, the uh, closed-circuit TV footage, security camera footage, of Jesse Smollett's two buddies buying, you can see there, the balaclavas. You can see the, you know, they, they basically said, hey, can you give us some balaclavas, some red hats, some gloves? And, and this is them buying it, and um i mean america is so great part that the white supremacists are black how great a country is that when you have so much diversity that your white republican maga hat wearing racists who with a <laughs> a noose for lynching they are black and boy they turned on jesse smollett in one day they immediately fessed up to police i guess they were worried about being Extradited to or deported to Nigeria, which is actually where they're from. Unbelievable! I, what do you make of the fact that he actually sent black men to play the role of white supremacist? I don't know why he went to such an intricate job and had so many parts, all of which came undone uh, with the easiest police investigation. Like there were so many holes here. Help me out. Help me. Put you. Have you tried to figure this guy out? Have you tried to put yourself probably, in his mind?
2: He probably thought. Uh, that a white person, rightly so, would be offended by it because, you know, he's saying that a white man came and uh, whatever. So they probably would be offended by it. And these guys already auditioned for some movie with him, so he already knew them. And he probably felt like he could trust them to do this.
0: I just, the idea, I mean, I've seen people wearing balaclavas. You can still tell pretty quickly if they're black or white because it doesn't cover every single square inch of your face other than your eyeball. So, I mean, if, if someone walked into the studio right now with a balaclava, I could tell if they were um, white or black. And there was security no. footage everywhere. It's, this plan was so crazy. Um, I don't Are know. Here, Go ahead.
2: Here, uh, like a lot of things. Sorry, like when the police came in uh, to interview him, he, re- he, t- he told them to take off their body cameras. He refused EMS services. Uh, he had he was on the phone with his manager at the same time that this like supposed attack was happening. Like there were so many things, so many clues uh, that people were just ignoring.
0: Yeah, and the fact that he held on to his Subway sandwich throughout the entire ordeal. He was fighting two guys. He had a noose around his neck, but he wouldn't let go of that sandwich. I am a sandwich aficionado, and sometimes I get extremely territorial with my lunch, but I have never seen someone show the dedication to his sandwich, uh, as Jesse Smollett did. What an idiot. Uh, Let me ask you one last question. Um, I don't know American uh, law, obviously, as well as I know Canadian law. So mm-hmm. uh, I know there's different degrees of felonies and different, there's felonies and there's misdemeanors. Uh, that Chicago cop was sounding pretty mad. But, yeah. but from my layman's uh, view, the species of charge that he has is a pretty minor one. It, I mean, maybe there's another federal charge that might be pending because he sent himself a fake terrorist threat in the mail and maybe that will catch him in a more serious law. But it sounds like they're gonna have a lot of huffing and puffing here. And I predict that he'll get off with the lightest of wrist slaps. Uh, I think what is a fourth-degree felony mischief or something like that. I mean, I'm not a uh, he'll U.S. lawyer. Pardon me. He'll pay it off too. Yeah, you know. oh, yeah. I mean, 65 grand a pop. I don't even know if Fox has the courage to fire him because they might be called racist or something. Uh, as you reported today, Fox is sort of saying we're we're taking this seriously, but they haven't fired him yet. If this was a white guy making an anti-black hoax, he would have been fired, and his agent would have fired him, and uh, he'd he'd be uh, unemployed right now.
2: Yeah, and 24 hours ago, uh, Fox said that they actually will not fire him, and they were very, very uh, certain about that. They said, "We're not going to fire him." And uh, then the then he got arrested for this, and then this police statement came out, and then they were like, "Okay, we're going to like consider our options." Uh, He probably won't get fired though. That you're
0: right. Uh, You know what? I mean, I uh, I'm I'm a Jew, and I I mention it sometimes, but. Life is easy for Jews in America and Canada. Uh, I'm not black and I'm not gay, so I don't know how it is, but it would seem to me that this guy, this is my theory, and I'll end on this and I'd like your thoughts on it. This guy who had everything in life, fame, fortune, excitement, he was black, he was Jewish, he was gay, and none of those things were a barrier to him in real life, but somehow someone, something convinced him that being a victim was higher than anything he could achieve on his own. He's making 65 grand a pop on a on a hit show, I guess it's a hit show, on TV. He's a singer, he's an actor, he's a celebrity. And someone convinced him that being a victim is higher than all those things. And yet there is so little hatred for blacks, Jews, and gays in America that he had to make it himself. I think this guy was screwed up by identity politics. Instead of saying, I'm the most Mm -hmm. successful man in my family's history, and I'm living my best life, he said, no, my best life is being a victim. Something, I think that, I think the, the something here is grievance industry, identity politics. What do you make of that theory?
2: Yeah, and at a time when Chicago is, is one of the top murder, uh, the cities with top murder rates in the country, that's uh, really sad that that should be the thing that he's grieving about.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. Well, Pardes, great to see you again. Thanks very much. I enjoy reading your stories in mediate.com and we'll hope to talk to you again soon. You too. All Thanks. right. There you have it. Pardes Salat talking about Jesse Smollett. I predict not a day in jail. Stay with us. More head on The Rebel. Welcome back on my monologue yesterday about Trudeau's plan to censor social media before the election. Paul writes, the fact that Trudeau wants to censor the Internet before the next election should be of no surprise to anyone. Mm-hmm. The fact that Shears conservatives are backing this is not a surprise to me either. If Shear were an American republic, he'd be a never-Trumper. Yeah, in fact, Shear occasionally uh, uh, pokes at Donald Trump. I see that by Jason Kenney, too. My point is, wh- why are you even doing that? You're not a pundit. You, you, you think you're gonna buy some love from the CBC or, or leftists in Canada by disparaging Trump also? Let me tell you, I wish we had someone in Canada who did for us what Trump is doing for America. 3.5% GDP growth, huge, em- highest employment in history, lowest unemployment in history, massive reshoring of industry, largest oil and gas production in history, America now a net en- energy exporter. Yeah, if that's what uh, Donald Trump's all about, can I sign up for two helpings? So I don't think a conservative in Canada should be anti-Trump. And if they are, I think they should zip it. Because what on earth does that have to do with being the leader of the opposition in Canada or the uh, leader of the opposition in Alberta? And yeah, how about stand up for free speech? I know the reason why. I know the reason why Andrew Scheer is not... Against this censorship federally and why Jason Kenney has been quiet as a mouse about the fact that the Election Commissioner in Alberta is prosecuting us for, for our journalism. I know why. It's obvious why. Because they both think they're going to be in power soon. And with Jason Kenney, it's probably true. And um, yeah, don't think they don't want those laws, too. Muta Ween, I'm guessing that's a nickname, writes... Does foreign meddling in the election include all the Democratic Party operatives that came up from Washington to help Trudeau and the liberals defeat Harper? That is a great point. And that's the thing I remember back in the day. If an American Republican even came within uh, like 100 feet of a Canadian Conservative or the Reform Party back then. Oh my God! American influence, American style, U.S. style. It would be the five-alarm fire. But these Democrats working hand in glove with Justin Trudeau—that was just a sign of how how worldly and mature the Liberals were. Absolutely, you're absolutely right on that. On my interview with Lauren Gunter about the resignation of Gerald Butts and the SNC Lavalin scandal, Liza writes. So glad Lauren contributes. I'm always interested in his take. The plot thickens. And I sure would like for the truth to come out. Yeah, literally every day there's more craziness. Um, In question period, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, But I like it. Because unlike the previous three and a half years, the media are actually, some media are actually hunting for the news. They're showing a tiny bit of curiosity. And I hate the globe, six days out of seven, but Lord, Thunder, and Jesus, they're taking a run at, they're taking a run at Trudeau now. At least Bob Fife, Steve Chase, and Sean Fine are. I don't know about the rest of them, but those three are. Wow, interesting days. Now, folks, I'm going to be away tomorrow. We will absolutely have a show on tomorrow. It's going to be a guest uh, host, my friend David Menzies. And uh, oh, sorry, Sheila Gunn-Reed, is that right? Who's the guest host? It's Sheila Gunn-Reed. I'm talking to the producer. Sorry about that. So Sheila's coming on tomorrow. I want you to watch it because Sheila's the best. Why am I not here? I am going to the United Kingdom because our friend Tommy Robinson is having a major reveal in Manchester about the most incredible case of fake news I've ever seen in my life. And I have seen some bad, bad fake news. So I'm going there to Manchester to report And I'll also have a few other meetings while I'm there. So I will have news for you on Monday. Please watch the show tomorrow when Sheila hosts. And if you're interested in Tommy Robinson because you care about free speech or fake news or things like that, I'll have lots to say when I return. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, Keep fighting for freedom. And by the way, help me find the Go to findthethug.com. We gotta stand up for these young rebels, don't you think? See you later.